announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Radar from the mean streets of Long Island. What's going on, fellas? Welcome back, Leo. Pew, pew. <laughs> what up, Ryan? What up, man? How you feeling? A lot better. A lot better. He's still That's old, good. though, guys. He's still very old and frail. <laughs> I'm not frail. I'm not frail. <laughs> That's, that's what we're going to name the episode, Old and Frail. Um, by the way, <laughs> and nice Mets bag um, in the back behind you, the flag. Thank you. Thank you. See? See? Nice. I don't know. I don't know how to take that. I don't know if he's being serious or that was I don't like, know, like see, a I'm just gonna. Jab. I'm just going to pretend he's being serious. So I'm just going to take it as a. Uh... This is coming from a guy that's got a whole bunch of shit behind them that half of the people that watch half of the shows that I do have no idea what it is. Like, if I show them, like, there's a nine behind me, they have no idea what that is. You know what I mean? There's a wrestling mask. They're like, oh, yeah, El Santo. I don't have an El Santo mask. I have Penta. I have La Parca. I have Octagon. I have Nacho Libre. But I don't have El Santo. So go ahead, Mario. <laughs> well, I have Mets, and then I have AEW over there. You know, it's a, it's nice. a little blurred. clearly out. see the AEW. Yeah, <laughs> That's you know. clear night as day. Full, full Mark mode, man, in my man cave over here. It's, a, it's a all right. right. That's why it's our man cave. Let me be, woman. Exactly. Sorry. Go ahead. All right. Before we get started, it's hashtag Rebel Time. That's it. amazing. Leo, what is up, bro? You have been missing for a couple weeks. What's up? That what? Super Bowl Sunday, what? You've been gone for a couple weeks. Where the fuck have you been at? Well, uh, weather, I think, was one day. Not feeling well another. Going to the emergency room another one. Just becoming an old man, you know what I mean? Like you know, Becoming I get... an old man or have you already no, been an old no, man? No, I am becoming an old man. You don't it just... sounds like you've been an old man for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what's up, bro? Not much, man. Same old, uh, you know. Life is what it is. Yesterday, it was a beautiful day here on Long Island, and today I wake up to a bunch of snow outside my window. So, uh, oh, yes, I know. I see you, like, ha- you know, hanging out, you know, by the like the shore, the beach. Yeah, man. Yes. 
Got to take it's, advantage of the nice days, especially in February. And then now this morning, snow. snow. No. It, everything went to shit again. Yeah. 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 That's uh, that's uh, the beauty of living in the Northeast, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. I love it. Highly recommend. Well, not much has happened in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, some big stuff, but it, it's been a very slow week besides like it's been weird. Wednesday. It's been like weird because usually you get like a little bit on a Monday, a little bit on a Tuesday. Like you got a little bit of fallout on Thursday, but it's been quiet. Let's start. Let's start. You know, I mentioned, uh, you know, since Ryan's from Long Island in his intro, let's start with that. Our boy, Matt Cardona, will pretty much, you know, live his prophecy of what the campaign that I started on Lucha Outsiders. He's going to make NWA great again because he's now the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm dubbing him the new belt collector as well at this point. I think it's a great move on NWA to putting that title on him. And it's awesome because Hammerstone Temple wrote, Matt, uh, Matt Carter Cardona wins the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, All I right, know- Ryan. Ryan, before you give your opinion, I got a, I got an issue with you, Leo. What? Why are you reading negative comments? No, because... Some piece of shit... Wait, shut up. Shut up, Leo. Shut up. So this is what I so came back some- for? Shut up! <laughs> from some piece of shit clown. Okay. His account... I know. Is a fucking account dedicated to a wrestler. I know. His, his whole account. <laughs> I know. I know who you're talking about. I know. I looked but into why it. are you giving a piece of garbage like that attention? But why? I'm not giving it attention. What I like is that people call it a Mitt Carter, right? But he won He won the heavyweight championship. So, again, people talk shit, but they can't back it up. Matt Cardona literally has been doing more for wrestling, and this is what I believe, more for wrestling in the last maybe year and a half, two years, than all he did in WWE, aside from the the Z Hollywood story. Absolutely. I I agree with you 110%. 110%. So, but that's why I brought it up, because stupid people... Well, you shouldn't have read his name. You shouldn't have read that slap dick's name. (laughs) Do you love to give these people attention? Ryan, take it away. Not at all. Yeah, um... Listen, this is a no-brainer move. This is uh, something that they had to do. Obviously, Matt Cardona is the hottest, one of the hottest guys in professional wrestling right now. NWA needs some sort of spark. You know, they need some sort of mainstream buzz. And, um, you know, to me, like I said, this is just a no-brainer move. And, uh, like I said, if he can make NWA great again, listen, all the power to him. Um, he's killing it right now. It's it's just unbelievable Nobody ever thought when he got released from WWE that he'd be making this much of an impact on the world of professional wrestling. Everybody probably thought he was just going to become a nobody. Um, and and let's be honest, like if he didn't go out and, and do that death match in GCW against Nick Gage and he was just doing impact and stuff like that, like he might have not been where he's at right now. Like he needed to go out there and do that death match to really put himself back on the map, make himself relevant again, which he did. And um, man, Ever since, everything has just been taking off for this guy. And good, rightfully so. You know, I think he's super underrated. Um, it's been for years. And, you know, I tr- I'm trying not to be biased. I know he's a Long Island guy. I always, you know, always loved him for that. Um, but obviously never cared about him when he was sitting in catering for years in, in WWE. And, uh, you know, just thought he was a nobody. Thought he was a complete loser. And now look at him, man. Like, he's just killing it. He's an amazing heel. He's super entertaining. Um, yeah, man, let's just keep going. Uh, let's see what he could 
keep doing next. You know, 2021 was a huge year for him, and 2022 is starting off with, with a bang for him as well. So You can make the argument. I think I even uh, did a story about this uh, at Lucha Outsiders where you can make the argument that it's him and MJF as the top heels of professional wrestling. Yeah. Matt Cardona, like you said, since that GCW run and with the, the match with Nick Gage, his, his work overshadows anything and everything he's, he did with the WWE. Oh, the Edge yeah, head stuff with Edge. Um, him winning the United States Championship, uh, the the Intercontinental for that he held for a day, it overshadows everything. Post WWE, he's won two world titles already: the GCW World Championship yeah. and now the NWA World Title. Dude, he 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 posts on social media all the time that WWE was his developmental, <laughs> and obviously that's a joke. But like, no, like it's honestly like it, it's true. Like it's, it's pretty it, true. If you think about it, you know, it's it's so funny. It's it's nuts. I'm so happy for him. And kind of going back to what you what you said, you know, I didn't really care much about him either. I mean, I never disliked the guy, but I just didn't really care too much about him. Now I actually care about him. You know, he's yeah. doing such great work everywhere. He he holds like a whole bunch of even different titles. I think for uh, AIW, he holds he holds like two titles over there. He's also now the current Impact Digital Media Champion, which pretty much is an internet championship. He should just rename it to that. Yeah. He's bring back his bring back his internet championship uh, from back mm-hmm. in the day, man. Uh, that would be pretty funny. Uh, I think yeah. the, I think the WWE owns that. Oh, okay. That's why he can't use it because that that was one of the things that that he always had an issue with. Once the WWE took over his his um his page, basically, that's why it started to change the way that that he was generating content. But anything within that page is what they signed, which is what the same thing that they're doing with uh, Xavier Woods. He, down down. Sense. he does rock his internet championship, but it's a different one, not yeah. the one that he originally had when he was Zack Ryder and, you know, with the Long Island IZ stuff, yeah. like the yeah, YouTube yeah. stuff. Not that title that he had back then. I think he, you know, retired that, you know, because it said Zack Ryder on it. He does have a new internet championship, but it's not the same one. It's different. Yeah. Which, oh. which is stupid because at the end of the day, he came up with that on his own. Yeah, exactly. Came, like again, that stuff came from his head. But again, if he's part, he was signed to WWE, and then they signed his his shit away. Basically, they get to keep it. That's not that's not how it should work. <laughs> Just saying. Go ahead. What else is going on? AEW, big dynamite on Wednesday night. It was in Atlantic City. Unfortunately, I couldn't go because I was at work. But man, when I watched that show, I'm like, I wish I could have been there. This dynamite, top to bottom, was so good. And we got the debut of Keith Lee. I expected it to be Keith Lee. He looked great. He destroyed Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, he didn't miss a beat. He's a little bit heavier, but that still didn't slow him down. He still was moving like a fucking cruiserweight. He got an amazing pop. His theme music is great. Um, great signing by AW, man, with Keith Lee. I still have, um, not criticism, but like my worries about not just Keith Lee, but just the so much talent in AEW, and I will get to that in a little bit. But overall, I'm I'm happy to see Keith Lee, man. It's always great seeing Keith Lee. I'm glad that he has the facial hair again. I'm glad that he's not wearing the singlet, like the whole bear cat shit that all these fucking WWE defenders are saying. Like, oh, well, he's paying tribute to Bear. Well, uh, I forget what was the bear, dude's bear name. Cat, some some yeah. 
some old school like listen that would mean defenders will pull anything out of their ass to try to make things sense for bad fucking creative it wasn't even keith lee's idea and all these fucking peckerheads are trying to make excuses no he never wanted to wear the singlet he never wanted to be called bearcat this is the keith lee that we like grew to love in the independence what we saw in AEW, that's fucking keith lee the same keith lee we saw in nxt yeah, man, he's going to kill it in AEW. I really think Tony Khan's very high on this guy, um, and rightfully so. You know, he deserves it. And uh, he looked genuinely happy, as many do when they debut for AEW. I uh, could just see the, the genuine look on their faces and stuff. It was a great debut. I think it was a home run all around. You know, like you said, his, his music was great. Um, great pop. Uh, solid match with Isaiah Cassidy. You know, freaking that, obviously that spot where he just tossed him across the ring has just been uh gift or gift everywhere um yeah. similar to the adam cole pounce that mm-hmm. he did when he was in nxt yep. um yeah listen man like i'm excited to see what keith lee has to offer here he's in the ladder match already so who knows what's going to happen with that um you know a lot of people expected this to be him and i'm glad you know he wasn't the only one they de- debuted that night because not that i would have been upset about it but you know uh the way tony khan was really hyping this up yeah i don't think it was door. uh yeah it really wasn't like I don't know. I just feel like I wouldn't have been satisfied if it was just Keith Lee. Um, and again, no disrespect. I love Keith Lee. I just don't feel like he's like a, like this monumental signing that Tony Khan makes it seem like. But uh, like I said, I'm happy he's there. I'm a huge fan of him. And like you said, this is the Keith Lee we, we all knew and loved. And, you know, I, I obviously knew it was going to be because um, Tony Khan doesn't mess around. He don't he don't change people like that. So, yeah, excited for, for the future with him. And, and I have the same concerns with you as far as AEW signing all his talent. I mean, listen, they're going to have to, they're not going to renew a lot of people's contracts when they come up pretty soon. Uh, that's pretty um, evident. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how the roster shapes up, but it's just going to get to a point where Tony is not going to be able to use all these people. And, uh, you know, some people are going to grow frustrated. <laughs> we see Brian Cage, how he's frustrated. Um, he's probably not going to be the only one, you know, I, a big swole, obviously. Uh, it's just, there's not going to be that much time to feature everybody. I know they have two shows, but even Rampage is only an hour long. And it's just like, it's, I, I don't know. I don't really know what you do. Um, but hopefully as a plan and, and we'll see, you know, like I said, the signings just keep coming. I think I saw on Twitter, six new signings already, bro. And we're like literally only in February already. Uh, so it, you can only imagine how many more are left to come this year, which but, is crazy. But you need wow. turnover though. You, you need turnover. Cause what happens is, and, and with, with anything, that you do in business, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, right? You have to evolve, you know, pardon the pun. You have to evolve. You have to bring in new guys. Maybe guys become stale. Maybe you need to move them. Maybe you don't need a character change. Because that, that, that's one of the things that has always pissed me off about the WWE. Like, a guy is stale, change his whole character. No, you just have to change a little thing. Look at Jericho. He's the perfect example of not changing the whole presentation. He just does little tweaks here and there. With Keith Lee, all you needed to do just make a little change. WWE went WWE on it, and they changed his whole name, gimmick, fucking leotard, and all the other shit. But at the end of the day, all you do is need a little twitch here and there. With all these signings, remember, now, and, and again, and I go back to real quick to the to the part that I talked about why WWE had to release all these people. Because when AEW got put together, they just signed everybody from the indies. So now Tony Khan, when they started the company, he picked 
what was best out there at that time. Now things have changed. Now the people that he really wanted to sign, the WWE signed away, are now becoming available. So you as a businessman, are you going to let them walk away and go somewhere else or say, you know what, come on, and then I'll get rid of the guys that basically just didn't fit? It's a business. Mario. One of the key words that you said, Leo, was evolution and evolve, right? Yeah. And a lot of people, while Dynamite overall, if you just enjoy wrestling and yeah. just enjoy week-to-week programming, you looked at Dynamite, you watched Dynamite, and we're like, man, this was such a fucking great show, right? Yeah. But then you also have the people that try to, try to find something negative with everything, right? Oh, so, for example, so, uh, there's, a, there's been this stigma that now AEW feels more like what NXT or the black and gold brand used yeah. to be because you have all these guys now with Keith Lee now and then Adam Cole and Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish, Malachi Black, etc. But is that necessarily a bad thing, though? No. The key word is evolve and evolution. We knew from the jump, all right? That AEW was gonna look different two years from now when yeah. they first started in 2019. Okay, so you have this negative stigma like, oh, well, guys like you know, as much as I love Joey, guys like Joey and Sunny Kiss and Private Party, um, the Butcher and the Blade. I could keep on going. That that first sign with the company, um, that first year, they're not getting shine or getting treated with like the same levels as when they first debuted for example private party right you know they defeated the young bucks in that tournament in yeah, 2019 yeah, right they, they now the they're playing they're, they're pretty much playing like second to matt hardy lackeys or whatever but they're, they're still on tv at least okay yeah. so like i feel like with a, like a team like private party like yeah they might not be at the same level they were in 2019 but i could see tony khan resigning them because he, he sees value in them exactly someone like butcher and the blade i don't see them getting resigned all right because they're not really doing much with them um uh, Joey Janela, like I said, he's my guy, Sonny Kiss. I don't see them getting re-signed. But at least they didn't get released halfway through their contract. Yeah. So, like, all these yeah. people complaining, saying, like, oh, well, yes. some of these AEW originals that, you know, were in certain roles when they first started, and and now we, we only see them at dark, et cetera. Like, at least they're finishing up their contract. They're, they signed the contract for a certain amount of dates and a certain amount of time, they're going to finish their contract. Mm-hmm. Like, and, then, and then there's some towns that didn't work out for them. Like someone like Big Soul, we, we knew what happened there or whatever. From both sides, it just didn't seem like it worked out. Brian Cage, seems like it didn't work out for him either. Leo Rush, I don't know what happened there, but it seems like it didn't work out either. He, he, maybe he asked for a release. Maybe he only signed, like, a, I don't know, a, a, a three-month deal. We don't know. He retired. He retired again. <laughs> we, we 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 just don't know the the extent of some of these contracts, but at least for the ones that were the AEW originals, they're finishing up their contracts. They're not just getting released in the middle of a pandemic. But still, the the, the these these people that need to know everything on what's going on are going to find something to bitch about. Listen, just because AEW now has a little bit of an NXT black and gold brand feel, not fully, but little essence of it, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Of course they're going to sign new talent. But Now, the problem is, Tony can't keep signing new talent. He can't. Yes. The, the free agency market is so big right now, you could create another promotion. Ryan and I have been talking about this in so many episodes already. We, I would love to see Conrad and Jeff start a new promotion. I think there's room for another one. Now, is that going to happen? I'm not sure, but going back to all these releases, when the, the, the pandemic first started, I, I don't even think Ryan was on the show yet. 
Leo, Leo and I, and and and, and Sam too. Shout out to, to Sammy Suplex. We up, discussed Sam? how Tony's gonna make rough decisions at some point. Yes. Where people are my look gonna look at Tony, not a dirty look, but kind of give him the side eye because he's not gonna resign certain people because he's gonna have bigger stars. And that's what's happening now. It's a business. As much as we're fans of of certain towns, this is a business. At the end of the day. At exactly. least they're finishing up their contracts and not getting released in the middle of them. But but you said it, homie. It's a business. And that's what people forget, right? Yeah, it's entertainment. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's all fun and we enjoy it and everything, but it's a business. Ryan, how many people were at the Rumble? Were they just giving shit away or, or actually charging people? It's a business. What do you mean? Like, it, if it was just for fun, right? Then they could have it in their backyard, right? Right. But it's a business. You have to pay these people. You have to generate income. And and that's what a lot of people don't think. Now, Ryan, do you think that it's going to become NXT or do you see it as something totally different? Like it's something totally different. I mean, listen, like the, the, the people who are saying that, oh, it's going to become like an NXT. Well, yeah, they have like they have all the top stars that were in NXT. OK, and even if Johnny Gargano comes in eventually. Yeah, I mean, they have literally every top star that was you know at the top of their game in the NXT black and gold era. But like the thing is, it's like they're feuding with different people. Like there's a plethora of fresh matchups and fresh opponents for all these guys. So like, I don't see why that's an issue. And also too, everybody who is complaining that we don't have the black and gold NXT, right? We have 2.0 now people miss that. Right. And they're all pissed off about it. Well then like, here you go. Here it is. It's just under a different company. And it's, it's, Honestly, you could say it's black and gold because the AEW colors are black and gold pretty much. So there you go. <laughs> the it's AEW, just different letters. The new black and gold brand. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. There you go. I just gave you the episode name. Oh, man. The new black and gold brand. That is fucking genius. No, but so it, it, I'm going to play now devil's advocate a little bit, okay? Just a little bit. Because yeah. I was happy with Dynamite or whatever, but something that I've been stressing on, we both have been stressing on, is that they keep on signing all this talent. Like like someone like Jay Lethal, right? He hasn't really done much since he signed with AEW. But I also look at someone like Jay Lethal. It's like maybe he's not going to have a ring of honor run, but he's going to be an asset for years mm. to come yeah. as AEW progresses, right? So I feel like long-term, Jay Lethal is going to be great for AEW because he's going to take that producer role. He's going to keep on training guys. He's going to be agenting matches. So that's long-term, right? And also, Jay Lethal's doing indies. Like, last night, he was at HOG. So there you go. Then there's other talents that... And then there's a tears thing, right? Like last night they signed Nick uh, Nick Wayne, right? He's a prospect. He's always in GCW, so he's yeah. like a GCW regular, whatever. I think he's only 16, 17 years old. At a Defy show, I believe in Seattle, Darby Allen came out like post match, and he offered Nick Wayne a contract. So that, that's another signing. You, I think there's d- different levels of tears. So you have your main yeah. event guys, like someone like a Keith Lee and a Malachi Black and an Adam Cole, and then you have like lower tier tier guys that hey, you can still do indie bookings, and to learn your craft, but you're also signed to a deal with us. Cody Cody said that in one of the interviews, man. I wish I could tell you which one. I wish I could go back and listen because, man, I just I can't even remember where I saw it. But at one point, um, he did talk about the contracts, and he did say exactly what you said. He said there's different tiers of contracts for different talent. Obviously, a guy like you know Nick Wayne, or, or he's coming in right, or um, a Lee Moriarty, yep. or um, you know just all these like pr- mid level prospects. 
they're not making as much money as guys like Cody Rhodes, obviously, right? Sure. Like the like like the top dogs. Also, maybe they're not signed to long term contracts. Maybe they're signed to I don't know six or seven month contracts, and they have to prove their worth. And then if they you know kill it for that next six or seven months, right? If Tony's impressed by them or whatever, then maybe he signs them to a different tiered contract. Yeah. So like that makes sense to me. Like that that makes sense as to why he's signing so many people. Then it's not like he's giving all these all the big bucks to everybody, right? Like he's not signing everybody to multi year deals. It's different different tiered contracts. So, I mean, I would assume that's still that still holds true. I don't remember. I think this was this interview was a while back, but I I would assume it's the same thing. I, um, I think it so, is. So you know, I just have a feeling like Tony knows what he's doing. Like he doesn't. I mean. You could see from the outside looking in, maybe it does look like he's like a kid in the candy store, right? He just, he's just spending his money on literally everyone and anything that he sees or likes, but also too, like, like you said, he's a businessman. This is business. He owns a football. Well, his father owns a football team. He owns the soccer team in, in London. Like this dude, isn't just some like random guy who like just started a business because he has this money and he's just going ape shit. Like I, he knows what he's doing clearly. Uh, so I think, you know, a lot of people should put a little bit more trust in Tony. Obviously, like I said, there's going to be people that are negative because that's just, that's just how, uh, you know, people are in, in today's world. Uh, you're not going to be able to please like everybody. To, people like to hate on Tony. And don't get me wrong, him being on Twitter does not help. But I don't think Tony's a bad guy at all. Mm-hmm. No, listen, I mean, yeah, he says some stupid shit here and there. But overall, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's not a bad guy. He's great. I think he's a great not. guy. Of course not. You know, so... Uh, yeah, listen, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. And but like I agree with you with some of the guys like Jay Lethal, but maybe he could be an asset down the line. But I look at a guy like Jake Atlas, for example. Now, like I know he he blew out his knee in that one match, so he's probably hurting on the sidelines. Probably why we hasn't seen him. But like, was that really necessarily a necessary signing? You know, Tony Nice, he's my boy from Long Island, bro. I used to watch him wrestle on the Indies for years, like twenty minutes yeah. away from my house. I love yeah. him. Was he a necessary signing? He hasn't even been on TV since he lost to Sammy Guevara. Okay. <laughs> So like, like that, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, is some of these guys really necessary signings? I can understand right. you can't pass up on a Keith Lee. Okay. You can't pass up on some of these top names WWE's releasing. Of course not. Okay. You'd be stupid to pass up on them. But again, it, it's just, you don't need to sign literally everybody. I mean, Tony Nese, Jake Atlas, they could go to impact for, you know, they, they could have been on impact. So it's just, uh, you know, those signings yeah. don't make sense, but I'm not Tony Khan and I'm not running the ship. So he could do whatever he wants. It's just, you know, it's like kind of like when you go to the toy store and you see like all these uh, or go, like a Walmart now because toy stores don't even exist. But when you go to like a Walmart or a Target or whatever and you see all these different action figures and you get this and you get that or whatever and then you're playing with them and then eventually you're just going to throw, you know, like I'm done playing with this one. I'm yeah, just, you know, yeah, right. Get tired of it. Yeah, it's just that's his like it's like his open book It's an open book of all his little action figures and he could plug in and do whatever he wants to do with them. It's just, but again, like at, you said, at the, though, end like, day, at the end of the day, we're not, we're not in the know, right? We're just, this is the outside looking in and right. I'll say it and I'll say it again before people start coming down. And I was like, Oh, you guys are just AEW shows. Listen, AEW is not a perfect product at all, at all. But regardless of what we think about all the signings, regardless of what we think about, like maybe some guys should be used better or not on a weekly basis. They are the most exciting episodic product in all, all of professional wrestling week to week and there's no argument there 
I'm not it's, saying that other wrestling shows ain't good. I'm not saying that either. But when we're talking about what steals the week, it's AEW, and there's no argument there. No, no doubt about it. No doubt. It's the hottest promotion in the world. I mean, who who could deny that, right? Like, it's I said for the longest time, like, New Japan was the best wrestling product in the world. Obviously, now that doesn't hold true. AEW has just taken that ball and completely run with it. Like you said, no disrespect to Impact's, NWA's. Um, you know, obviously, we know what the WWE's weekly product looks like. <laughs> AEW is just making waves. Their cards are stacked we, uh, top to bottom every single week. We see championships defended. They, they just feel big. They feel special. It feels like anything can happen on them. We see debuts. Uh, we see storyline progression. It's just, like you said, if you want to sit down uh, you know, on a weeknight and watch a wrestling show, you don't want your intelligence to be insulted, and you want to enjoy a top-to-bottom, like top-notch professional wrestling show for two hours, Wednesday night, AEW Dynamite is, is just that. Okay, that's, that's the show I sit down and watch every single Wednesday, no matter what. Raw is usually on. In my house, whether I'm in my basement working out on a Monday night or I'm in bed, it's usually on, but I'm scrolling my phone. I'm, I'm occupied with other things. Yeah, I'll look over at the TV. I'll follow it through social media. You know, same with the other shows. You know, SmackDown, if I'm home on a Friday, same thing. Impact, if there's nothing on on Thursday, I'll throw on Impact. But I sit in front of my TV every Wednesday, and I'm laser-focused on AEW every single Wednesday night because it's just it's the most important show that you have to watch if you're a wrestling fan. It just is. I do want to talk about who walk who walked through the forbidden door as well. But before we talk about that, there's also this stigma from the people that like to question AEW and just try to find a reason to hate on AEW. It's like, well, the only time they get a lot of buzz and excitement is when they get a debut. And I feel like this week was proof that that's not it. Because by the end of that show on Dynamite, while the Keith Lee debut was awesome, while the other surprise that we're going to talk about a little bit was awesome too, I think by the end of the night, everybody was talking about talking about Hangman Page versus Lance Archer. Yes. That match was fucking chaotic as shit. And for that Atlantic City crowd, that a lot of those people go to GCW shows, I thought that match was fucking amazing. They beat the fucking snot at each other. And that finish, the, the story they told on how Hangman was going to do the buckshot lariat with no ropes, that finish was so creative and so awesome. I fucking love that match. I don't know what you thought about that match, but at the end of the night, Keith Lee debut was awesome. The other surprise was dope, too. But everyone was talking about Hangman Page and Lance Archer. This whole stigma of, like, oh, well, the only time they get buzzing, the only time they people talk about is when they get surprises. Bullshit. Because nobody was talking about Keith Lee. Everybody was talking about this match. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, so, you know, when the, in the beginning of the show, you know, the first hour of that show was jam-packed, right, with so much stuff. We had the Forbidden Door uh, with Jay White. We had uh, Keith Lee and stuff. That I almost forgot. Like shit, we still have a championship match tonight. Yeah. Like it's crazy. So I'm glad by Mox the end of it. Punk, Mox and right, Punk, right, right, teaming up. PR. Yeah, that match right. was incredible too. It, dude, it was unbelievable. So I'm glad at the end of the episode, people didn't forget about Hangman and, and Lance Archer, and they absolutely killed it from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. Like you said, some of those spots, some of those bumps, and I mean, they could not have, uh, you know, chalked up a, a creative, a more creative finish than they did. For that buckshot over the ref uh, yeah. when he was leaning down. Yeah, Just perfect. Good. It looked so beautiful when they both went through the table. It looked so clean, so brutal, so just so good. So, you know, just a great match by two guys who really just gave it their all, bloodied up, uh, you know, all this blood and gore, uh, the, you know, the gory mutilation or whatever. Vince is going to probably yeah, have was, his boys write up another article about. It was a perfect match for an Atlantic City 
yeah. crowd. It yeah. Was a yeah, I don't match. think there was a coincidence that they that they did that type of match there. I don't. Dude, think so it, at, at one point um, throughout the night, you know, I think it was during Mox and Punk when when Mox got tagged in. There was a GCW chant that broke there out. There was. There was. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, and, oh, there's a, a bunch of the marks that are always at the carousel room are definitely in the house tonight. <laughs> definitely knew that. Hey, uh, listen, man, I'll be there next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one of those marks. Oh, um, dude, it, it was such a good episode, and I just feel like this criticism on AEW, and listen, in some aspects, I get it. Like, they do deserve it. But then there's other aspects. Like, yo, it was such a great show overall on Wednesday. Why do we have to find little things to nitpick? Like, you rather watch, sit down and watch a three-hour show that it's like a repeat after repeat after yeah, repeat right. after and repeat. You'd rather yeah. deal with that. you rather watch that and and but, not watch a, an exciting weekly product. I just, I just don't – I don't get it. But, like, but, how, well, can you, you know what? how can anyone well, complain about the show that we got on Wednesday? How? People that people that you know aren't into AEW or, or hate AEW, you, you just don't call yourself a wrestling fan. You know that's the bottom line. Is if you're a true wrestling fan, man, how are you not watching AEW and enjoying the hell out of it, man? But AEW is literally like all I feel like we've ever wanted out of a wrestling show—a show that makes sense every single week, a show that doesn't insult our intelligence, a show that progresses storylines, gives us great wrestling matches, hot angles. Um, week to week, it's just like it's very important. It feels like you can't miss it because if you miss an episode, and then you you watch you know next week's episode, you're confused. You're like, oh shit, what happened? Like I missed last week. Like this is all we've ever wanted. I'm even even going to the roster. We talk about how how the roster is coming together. It's like if you're putting together your dream roster right now in professional wrestling, AEW has got to be it, man. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you could probably say, oh yeah, well you know if AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, and just say Seth Rollins, who are three of the arguably like best and probably me being biased those are my three favorites in wwe right now um you'd say if they're an aew oh forget about it like like it's it's a complete like dream roster from top to bottom but i think it's still pretty much a dream roster i mean if you look at aew's current roster right now i mean literally they have everybody they have literally everybody um it's just like i said it's thank god for it man because i don't know what professional wrestling would look like if there was no aew man because i just don't I don't even know, like, and I say this, and I'm probably, like, lying to myself, but I'd like to think that, like, I probably wouldn't be as obsessed with wrestling right now if it wasn't AEW, or if there wasn't a Forbidden Door, if there wasn't, because it, it, just think if we just had Impact, NWA, and Monday Night Raw, and, and Friday Night SmackDown, and then New Japan is what it is, it's like, damn, like, what's even going on in wrestling? Like, there's nothing No, you, you almost killed Ring of Honor, too, so come on, man. Ring of Honor's <laughs> done for the time being, and even, even when it's, even when it's not done it's still not it's still irrelevant so uh you know, there's literally nothing hot besides aew right now i gotta so be what honest. you're trying to say ryan so what i gathered from that is that if there was no aew there's probably a chance you wouldn't be on the show <laughs> i mean who knows who knows i don't know but you you know what you know what happens with all that and and ryan said it before to your point mario like why, why would people nitpick other stuff right because they're not actually watching it they're not actually watching. What they're doing is they're scrolling through their phone while they're watching Raw to see what other people talk about AEW. Or when AEW is on, they're on their phone to hear and to see and get the little clips of the botches here and there or to find out whatever's wrong. That's the issue. They're not actually watching the product. And Raw, and it's funny because you said it, Ryan, it's called background noise. That's why you put yeah. it on. It's something that you feel comfortable with that you can tune out 
and your mind clicks on when something crazy happens, which is never on Raw, right? It's just like Sports Center. How many people put Sports Center and they do a hundred thousand other things? It's background noise. That's what, unfortunately, that's what wrestling raw. Not even wrestling, because that's sports entertainment. That's what Raw, SmackDown, that's what all that shit is right now. It's background noise. And, re- and regardless what what they're giving us or what they're presenting to us in WWE, you know, this whole stigma, too, is mostly with the fan base. I think AJ Styles recently said in an interview, like, he doesn't understand this stigma where these fans kind of view, like, all these talents from all these different promotions, like, have to go to war and be against each other, whatever. AJ went on record and said, like, Literally, all his best friends are in different promotions right that right now. Whatever it's like, he supports everyone. He works for the WWE, right? He at this point, I think he's admitted that he's probably going to end his career in WWE. But he supports all these different promotions because all his best friends are all over the place. Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, people when it was the Wednesday Night Wars and that. I mean, let's be honest, that was a war between the fan base, really. Yeah, any I guess yeah. between the companies because Tony was like, you know, doing his thing and Triple H was wanted to beat him, and you know, I know it was like it was like. Uh, business thing I get it so they were going to war but as far as like the wrestlers and the talent goes they didn't view it as going to war now I know Chris Jericho was taking shots in NXT and he he he, he got annoying with that shit and even JR was like you say oh our show is better listen that's all in, in good fun but even like guys like Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole Bobby Fish they they admitted on Jericho's podcast and on the AEW Unrestricted podcast uh, they admitted when they were in NXT during those Wednesday night wars, like they were watching AEW, like they were rooting for their friends. Like, I mean, they're friends with the Bucks and, and, and Kenny and all of them. Like they were rooting for them. They were watching each other's stuff. I mean, I'm sure the same thing with the Bucks. Listen, they obviously love all those guys there, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby. And they have history with all of them. So I'm sure they were maybe not watching necessarily, but supporting them there as well. So it's kind of just like. It was more of a war between Tony and Triple H and the fans more so than it was with talent. I just feel like everybody supports everybody. Um, you know, listen, if you're somebody who's come up from the indies and stuff like that, like AJ Styles did, you know, you know that it's like it's this is a great thing to have competition, have all these different companies thriving and stuff like that. You know, why? Why just be, be loyal and just be like, oh, no, like, you know, fly the you know, you can fly the WWE flag, whatever. Seth Rollins does that shit, too. But also, too, you can't just ignore the fact that this is a good thing that there's competition outside of you know wwe regardless what you're a fan of if you want to see a promotion fail you're just a piece of shit fan and you should just stop watching wrestling you should never want a promotion to fail never. you don't understand Not- it if, if you want it to fail you just don't understand it that's, that's right that's a- all right speaking of kind of understanding all this the forbidden door opened once again and jay white walked through it he assisted the Bucks and Adam Cole against uh, Rapungi Vice in this little backstage segment on Wednesday. And then he appeared out of nowhere post uh, Rapungi Vice and Young Bucks match on Rampage. This is why well, I'm happy to see my guy, Jay White. I'm a big Jay White guy, all right? Breathe with the Switchblade, King Switch, my guy, all right? But this is so convoluted. I'm going to explain why. I'm not hating it, okay? I'm happy to see my guy, Jay White. But it's so convoluted, and I'm going to try to break this down for it to make sense, okay? Jay White is the leader of the Bullet Club, okay? Now, right now, the Bullet Club is kind of convoluted because you have, like, whatever's oh, left awful. of the Bullet Club in Japan. Look at Ryan's oh, face. He's already disgusted. Whatever's left in Bullet I, I don't even consider the Bullet Club in Japan like Bullet Club. It, unless it's, like, El Fantasmo or um or my guy... um. Oh. Uh, Ishimori, unless it's those two, 
I don't can really consider anyone else a bully club, in my opinion, in Japan. Okay. Show join recently. Oh, and listen, I'm evil's not, I, I in it. Yeah, I don't want even. I don't want even talk about them. No, no, so now no, we have either. like the, the, I guess like the bullet club OGs, if you will, right in the in out here in the U.S. doing New Japan strong and impact. Okay, you have the Grills of Destiny, my guy Jay White and Chris Bay. Okay, cool, nice little squad. So they're feuding now with the Good Brothers, okay, yeah. who still throw up the too sweet, okay, and they kind of look at themselves like OG BC, right? The OGs of Bullet Club. I mean, Carl without... definitely is. Carl right. was there when it first formed. Right, right. So they still throw up the too sweet, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you rewind back when Anderson and, and Gallows were still showing up in AEW, they were with the elite, right? Omega, the Bucks, Too Sweet, you know, Bullet Club, whatever, okay? So Jay White is with the Girls of Destiny, and they're feuding with the Good Brothers. Now he appears on AEW, and Adam Cole saying, yeah, this is my little surprise, blah, blah, blah. Al, he's going to help, you know, he's going he's gonna to look out for you guys on, on Friday night, okay? You know, because we made an oath. When you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. So wait a minute. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait just a minute. If we're Bullet Club for life, then how come on Impact, you're beefing <laughs> with the Gun Brothers? <laughs> yeah, bro. Honestly, you're right, man. And I, I listen, I don't like the Bullet Club beefing with the Good Brothers on Impact. I feel like they should just be together. Yeah. Uh, I think it's absolutely – I mean, I don't know if – yeah, dude. I couldn't agree more, bro. Like it, the whole thing is very confusing to somebody. Imagine somebody who doesn't even know the history, like we just, like you just explained. Like, you know. Listen, and I feel like I feel like I just just giving myself a headache, just trying to break all. Yeah, this right, right. Imagine somebody who has no idea what the hell you even just said. Like, um, wait a minute. So is it? So they'll look at you like, let's say if it's like an old school wrestling fan. So, are you trying to tell me there's like a Bullet Club Hollywood and a Bullet Club Wolf Pack? <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Dude, uh, it, it's it is all over the place. It really is. Um, listen, like, listen. I love Chris Bay. I think he's amazing. Okay, I think he is one of the guys that Impact truly pushed to be their top star of the company. Okay, and working with Jay White, it's only going to benefit him. Yeah, that's fine. But the fact that he just like throws up the two sweet right, he comes out with the Bullet Club shirt. I laugh every single time. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, this guy, like, it I mean, feels forced. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm like, come on. Yeah. Like, it's so stupid. And then, and then you have like, and then you have Jay White and, and, and the Tongans. They come in, right, for these tapings. And then they dip, but we don't see them for another few weeks or even a few months. Chris Bay does his own thing. Jay White and, and, and the boys come back, right? Whenever, you know, Scott Demore wants to book them again. And then all of a sudden, like, Chris Bay just, he, he's coming out with Bullet Club shirts again, throwing up the two sweet. But, like, is he Bullet Club all the time? Like, when they're not there? Like, it's just so confusing because Jay White is not signed to any of these companies, okay? From what I still know, he's he's under contract with New Japan. He's still under contract with New Japan deal. Still under contract. I have no I idea for how much longer. Guess, if I had to take a wild guess, this is without me knowing anything, I think he signed till probably next year's Wrestle Kingdom. If I had to take a wild guess. Yeah. I, I You know what? I hope so. I hope I hope it's not that much longer because, let's be honest, I love seeing him do work here in the States. I think um, if you asked me this like a year ago, right? A year ago when he, when, when he faced Kota Ibushi for, at Wrestle Kingdom for, for, the, for the, um, the championship, 
I would have said, listen, I want, I'd never want Jay White to leave New Japan. Me too. I said the same thing. I said the same thing about Kenny Omega. I said, I never want Kenny to leave New Japan, man. I love the run he's on it. I think he's killing it. But now, a year and a half later, listen, I think it's time to go. I think it's time to dip. New Japan still has not recovered. New Japan's a mess. Uh, I keep saying when, when COVID's over, they're going to get back to where they were. But listen, I don't even know over there if COVID's even ending anytime soon, which is crazy to say. I mean, we're two and a half years into this. like, And still, COVID is, is just like they have not recovered. The booking is all over the place. They're just not a hot promotion. They have the same matchups, same people there. Jay White has literally gone through everybody. He's, he has competed with literally everybody outside of maybe one or two guys. Um, he won the championship. Is he ever going to get another opportunity to have a long run with, the, with that world title? Probably not. I'm not saying never say, I'm saying never say never, but like, I just, if I'm a betting man, I'd say probably not. He's really done everything, man. All right. He's had G1 runs. He's really done everything. He's won, he's Grand Slam champ. He's won every single title. I think it's time to be permanent in the States here. Obviously, I guess you could call me biased. You call me a shill. AEW is the place that he should be full time. But if you come on for a guy his of his stature, he should not be signing full term with Impact Wrestling. No, no disrespect. Um, it's time, man. Like I, I just feel like Jay White needs to be featured on AEW television full time as one of their top stars. Uh, heck, even even if he wants to WWE, it is what it is. I don't even care. Like I just feel like he he could be a big deal there as well. So I think his time in New Japan should be up. I love seeing him in the States here, but to me, it's kind of just like a tease because, you know, he's not signed full term full right. time. And like, is it going to be like what the Good Brothers did? They came in for a few months. They they, they did some a program with the, uh, you know, elite and stuff like that. They came out with them. And then now we don't see them anymore. Is it going to be the same thing with Jay White? Like, what's the end goal here with bringing in Jay White? There's listen, there's so many different ways that you could go with this story. And, and I'll get to that. But on the Jay White topic and what the future holds, apparently. Tom Tonga was like trolling the internet like the last like week or so, whatever, saying like he was a free agent or whatever. He hasn't decided what he was going to do, but apparently they, they signed a new deal with New Japan. He signed, he signed again. Yeah. He signed again. So they're sticking around. And I think that that's good for them because they could bounce around on all these different promotions because the yeah. forbidden door is wide open. So that's Listen, good for the Tongans. But like a guy like Jay White, what was that? I said they love it there in New Japan. Oh, they love too. it there. I, I, yeah. But like a guy like Jay White, that dude has superstar ran all over. So, you know, if, if you have the, the the evolution of AEW that continues, right, and you talent gets doesn't get re-signed, and then you kind of figure out different positioning for some of these talents, you know, it kind of looks like Jay White could be a perfect fit in, in, in AEW. And also people for, tend to forget, Jay White, I don't even think he's 30 yet, or maybe he's about to turn 30. He's still young so who knows like maybe you know it, it wouldn't also shock me if, if he finishes up with new japan and somehow he makes it back to the tokyo dome for wrestle kingdom and then later on that mo- month he pops up at the royal rumble that that's not out of this world either yeah I, listen, I, I do agree with you i think it's time i think it's jay it's time for jay white to you know, whether it's AEW or WWE, I think it's time to, to, to you know, evolve and, and move forward because he, 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 he's a superstar. He's, he's talented, great look, charismatic as hell, could talk on the mic. You know, even I think now he's being portrayed as a face, but like he still has like heel tendencies. Like, you know, he, he's, a, he's a believable heel. Like, I think he's just great. He's great. He's great. So let's see what happens. But now, now what's the story that's happening here, right? With, 
Bullet Club, Elite, Undisputed Era. It's just a mess of shit, right? We, I don't even know where, where do you even go from here. I think the only way they can figure all this out is there's got to be some type of War Games match. There has to be. Okay? Now, whether that involves the Elite versus Bullet Club OGs, or maybe they're, Bullet Club OGs don't even play a part in this. Maybe it's end up being like the Elite versus the Undisputed Era. I don't know, but I feel like whatever they plan on doing, it's going to lead to like a, 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 a some, uh, you know, not a board games match. You know what I mean? A blood and guts match. Or who knows? Maybe they go the NXT route and they do like a three team gimmick where it's like the elite Omega and the Bucks versus the Undisputed Era versus Jay White and the Tongan. They could go that route too. I would uh, love that more. Right. They could go that route too. And now you have all these different like that. Now you talk about Dream Match Wrestling. Shout out to Dream Match Wrestling. You want to talk about Fantasy Warfare. That's it right there. Undisputed Era, the Elite, and the Bullet Club. Because people tend to forget the Undisputed Era. Their sign was this, right? Hello? Hello? Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> people don't... So, like, come on. Like, I think... How great would that be? Blood and guts. Uh, a three-way fucking uh, a match. How crazy would that be? Take my freaking money, bro. Wherever that match is booked... I don't care if it's freaking in the middle of nowhere. I don't kind of care. I might have our... to go to that too. Yeah, I you gotta fly it. there, bro. I don't care if it's in, uh, you know, AEW Dynamite in Oklahoma. I don't give a shit, bro. I would be there. Take my freaking money. That is just. I mean, yeah, you talk about dream matches, and I think dream matches thrown around a lot now. That term, you know, mm-hmm. um, everything's a dream match. Oh, it's a dream match. Dream match. Dream match. But this is a legit. That would be a legit dream match. Um, to see all those guys in the same ring at the same time. Um. It would just be incredible, and it just would come full circle, man. It would yeah. it would make sense. It would just yeah. the whole entire thing would just be a beautiful, beautiful work of art. Now, now, this won't happen, Ryan. But just to just to get you all pumped up, because you know it's not going to happen. Now, you always tend to do this. <laughs> no, somehow AJ gets released, and then you throw the good I brothers know, in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was coming. <laughs> How excited would you be? Dude, uh, I mean, listen, we could dream, right? We could dream. Dude, uh, I would be like, take all my money. I don't dude, care. I know, I know. It, it's Damn. it would be it would be absolutely incredible. Going back to where we where yeah. we talk about with Jay White and the Bucks and Adam Cole, I am intrigued. I mean, right? Like, absolutely. Adam Cole brings in Jay White now. Obviously, Adam Cole brought in Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, too. That didn't really sit well with the Young Bucks. Now he brings in Jay White, and he doesn't, storyline-wise, he doesn't tell the Bucks any of this stuff, okay? So he just bringing these guys in, and the Bucks kind of like, why aren't you telling us about this? Also, too, I just feel like Kenny Omega probably will come back sometime soon, and Kenny's going to come back, and he's going to be like, well, what are you bringing Jay White in here for? Obviously, Kenny and Jay White have beef, right, if they continue to tell that story, which I'm sure they will because Tony Khan loves his history and he knows all that stuff. I'm, I'm uh, glad that... I'm glad also, just to just to jump in real, real quick, I'm glad they're doing this too because we never got any answers for the, the, the ending of Slammiversary and Impact when the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega were yeah. celebrating and Jay White. So maybe AW and Tony's going to kind of finish the story. You got what I'm saying? Well, thank God because, geez, I mean, like, freaking, uh, dude, I'm telling you, this is why, like, you can say good things about Impact, what they've done with their products, Scott Demore and all that stuff. 
But like, this is where impact to me is just like, that's why sometimes I can't take it serious. It's like, dude, you had so much freaking buzz. You had Jay White confronting Kenny Omega. You had Bound for Glory, supposed to be your biggest show of the year coming up in just a few months after that. And they just didn't capitalize on this, bro. Like they, they, they just, bro, I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. So please, please, Tony, wrap up the story. Keep it yeah. going because I was so freaking intrigued by Switch yeah, versus Kenny Omega. And, uh, you know, they had a great match back in New Japan, I think, 2018 for the U.S. title. Yeah, but um, this that was is, the only was encounter. Jay White. This is like the oh, current yeah, yeah. Jay White. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I just feel like I would love to see that match. And I just feel like the beef between Kenny, Jay White, Adam Cole, Bucks, uh, Kyle, Bobby, I just think it's so freaking intriguing. So we'll see where it goes. I'm excited to see um, Jay White competing in an AEW ring next week. I think that's surreal. Um, and, yeah, man, I just – I would love Jay to stick around and, and – Work a bunch of different programs with some of these guys, man. I would love to see him on the Revolution card, man. Book him against Cody Rhodes or something like that. I think that'd be great. You know, I love I don't know how, how you Cody get there, Rhodes, but I love how Cody Rhodes got like erased from history from all of this. <laughs> he's not, he's not oh, yeah, even yeah, right. In yeah, any he's of just it. you forget any he was even in Bullet Club to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were yeah, he didn't even get kicked out. Already. He kind of just disappeared. Right, they didn't do a kick. It. They do an angle like they did with Hangman, right, where they kicked no. Hangman out. He just Cody got just disappeared. off like, listen, you were never part of the elite. You were never part of Bullet Club. We're not, we're going to ignore that part of history. Just ignore <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Uh, Ryan, let me ask you a question. Is the inner circle not fine? Oh, the inner circle is the farthest thing from fine. <laughs> I will say I really enjoyed the segment, bro. I think mm-hmm. Santana was in his promo and you know this might be me just you know believing the hype but i think there was some truth behind his uh promo i feel like there were some real feelings behind his problem i'm not saying that he hates chris jericho that's not what i'm saying but i feel like there might be some um some you know some 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 feelings there i, I you know they, they made a believer out of me what what do you thought about the promo and i thought both santana and jericho were great on the mic and even ortiz too for that matter yeah, yeah. Dude, Santana was freaking on fire, bro. Like, he he was just going full guns a-blazing on Jericho. And and I just thought, you know, and that's another thing where I was talking about before, everything makes sense on AEW. Like, his promo didn't sound cheesy. It didn't sound forced. It wasn't scripted. And it obviously made a bunch of sense, you know? Like, everything that the inner circle has been doing has been to benefit Chris Jericho. He's been essentially holding, you know, Santana and Ortiz back. They haven't really gotten too many opportunities. Uh, it's just everything made sense. Everything clicked. It was so enjoyable, so good. Um, also, too, I, I love the fact that Jake Hager just stands there and has nothing to offer throughout this whole entire segment. Let me, let me just point that out. All right. Once, once this inner circle breaks up, which is obviously the right direction that they're headed, um, I hope. Jake Hager is a guy that Tony Khan doesn't continue to invest his money in because the dude offers absolutely nothing. Okay, like he he stood there and like the easiest night of pay ever. He didn't have to fucking excuse my language. Blink an eye. He could just he just stood there and had nothing to offer to this. Even Sammy G, uh, you know, went on the mic and said what he said and left the ring, whatever. Jake Hager literally did nothing the whole entire segment. Anyways, going back to Santana and Ortiz and Jericho, I'm excited for this match uh, next week, and I'm excited for. Santana and Ortiz to finally break away from the inner circle. I think it's time. I think they need to go their own separate ways. Uh, they've had, they've had some good moments still mm-hmm. with the inner circle, right? Like they, uh, you know, obviously competed well, in that, all these that, main events. That brings, and that brings up Jericho's counter. That brings up 
that brings up right. Jericho's counter to what Santana was saying, right. saying like, "Hey, you were in main events, you know, you know." So he said what he said. He also brought up like, "Hey, you had your opportunity to the tag titles, and you guys failed to do it. You failed to beat yeah. the Young Bucks." So Jericho did counter as well. But this is how I look at it. This is probably most likely this would lead to a breakup. If I had the pen, okay, you break up the inner circle. But somewhere down the line, I'll say two years from now. I will. What I would like is, and even if hey, if Hager's not involved, let's say Hager's just not in the company anymore, right? But at that point, because yeah, the perfect world. Yeah, I, I <laughs> what I would like to see is somewhere down the line, and I, I'll give it the two year gap, where for whatever reason they have to come together to fight, like I don't know. Uh, another super stable or something, and they're forced to like yeah, yeah, yeah. to put their differences aside, and then Always you get like that big reunion inner circle and big pop from the fans or whatever. Uh, that's what I would like to see. When's the last time we saw a stable break up and didn't reunite at some point? Ooh, I'm sure question. there is is an example out there, but most mm. of the time, NWO. It's a good. Say that again. I said the NWO. Okay. Just last time. Let's just let's just say hey, Leo, Leo, hit your hit yourself with the mind. Ah, the, the <laughs> computer is off. No, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Congratulations, Plagius. I had there to find go. a way to like bring it in to like not scare you guys. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. hey, what's going on? You know? <laughs> okay. It's so, a good majority of the time, though. Yeah. <laughs> a stable breaks up, and they eventually they reunite together. Yeah. You so, know, yeah. You know what I just realized too? I was listening to Jeff Jarrett's podcast uh, this week, and they were talking about one of the pay-per-views during like the the Hogan and Bischoff era or whatever and they were talking about uh you remember Fortune 4 from TNA AJ yeah. and Beer Money and Ooh, uh, God, yeah. that faction was huge <laughs> right so many so, freaking people not even trying so, to say huge huge I'm you, saying, so like, they were talking they were talking about Fortune 4 how they were supposed to be like a, a version of you know the four horsemen etc and then it hit me like I don't know why I don't know if you guys knew this uh-huh. so you remember AJ Styles theme and, and, and TNA was like, I am, I am. You remember? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. It hit me that the Fortune 4 theme song was just like a wink and a nod to that. Because the, the, the lyrics of Fortune 4 was like, we are, we are Fortune 4. It was just a knockoff. Yeah, like, we like, are, like, we AJ's, are. AJ's, yeah. Fortune. I was like, wait, how did I not realize that back then? I was like. Wait a minute! It makes AJ was in the group. They just knocked it off. They just—that's pretty much what they did. A Fortune Four had Ric Flair, AJ Styles, James Storms, Kazarian, Robert Roode, Christopher Daniels, Douglas Williams, Rob Terry, and Matt Morgan. That is—I mean, jeez. <laughs> Why Matt Morgan and Rob Terry were in the group makes no fucking sense, to me. bro. Between that and what was the other um, Immortal? Was the other uh, Immortal? Immortal. Yeah, yeah, Immortal. Remember, and they had like seven guys talking, too. Yeah. Because if we're talking about, like, and I'm going to relate this to, like, gangs, right? <laughs> I hate to, like, make the comparison. But, like, it's like Immortal at one point in Fortune 4, like, they tied their flags together and they were, like, just one big unit. Yeah, dude. It was some, I mean, it was, like, eight on eight. What was it? But then they had that lockdown match or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was crazy. Um, you ready? Yeah, no, you ready? I, I, get, I get, you know, I get where you're going with this and everything. And, you know, like I said, it's, I think it's time for the inner circle to break up. Um, it's been long enough. They've really done everything together as a unit. They feuded mm-hmm. with pretty much all the stables that they could feud with. Um, it's time for Jericho to go out and do his own thing. 
it's time for Sammy. I mean, he, Sammy's been doing his own thing. Um, and it's time for Santana and Ortiz to do their own freaking thing, man. And I'm excited for that. So, yeah, And you know what? And and just fantasy booking here, too. Like, let's say two years from now, they they do get back together for whatever reason to, bite, to, to, to you know, go head-to-head with, like, a bigger force, right? You know, Sammy took off, the, took off his vest and put it in the middle of the ring. What if it's Sammy the one that brings them back together two years from now and he wears the vest and he's like, I think it's time. And they kind of all just look at each other, yeah. and that's how like the camera pans out, and you just don't know what's gonna happen. And then boom, you get the reunion. Now that's storytelling, people. That's yeah. storytelling. And you know what? I would not put put it past AEW in doing that too, because I'm mm-hmm. sure this this is they've proven that they they're good at telling stories like that. So, mm-hmm. all right, uh, I think that's enough for AEW. I want to touch on some quick things. By any chance, did you? catch any of nxt i don't watch nxt at all but for whatever reason i got out of work early this week and i was like let me just fucking turn it on right <laughs> i thought the opening match between the grizzle young vets and um what's this tag team that's part of um the creed brothers right the, yeah that's i thought them? that match was really good the rest was, of the show, good yeah that match was really really good the rest of the show not so much except this one segment okay we had santos escobar and Braun Breaker, they did like some gimmick signing gimmick or whatever because they're going to have this big match next week. And I don't know where Dolph Ziggler comes out. And I'm looking at this guy. He came out, didn't have to do a thing. And and granted, it's the, the, the cringy Orlando performance center, full sale crowd that li- literally cheer for anything and everything. So you I get deserve it. it. But just seeing Ziggler come out and just the way he carries himself, the way he got on the mic or whatever, the way he just stole the segment, literally, it's like, this guy should be a fucking main eventer. This guy should be a top star. How do you miss the ball with this guy? Like, he should be a multi-time world champion. Like, fuck, man. Like, I look at this guy, it's like, I look at him and, not saying that I would want him in AEW, but man, this guy would be like a main star like in any other promotion. Like, imagine like there was no COVID restrictions or anything. I could see him being like a top heel in New Japan. Like, fuck, man. Like, yeah. imagine him going head to head with Okada. Like, fuck, I look at this guy. I'm like, yo, how do you miss the ball with this guy? Yeah. Listen, this is the most interested I think I have was in Dolph Ziggler in a long, long time. Years. Like, I, Years. Yeah. Like, I hung on to every single word this guy said during the promo. So, yeah, I, I didn't watch the whole thing of NXT, but I did make a point to go back to watch this segment. Um, yeah, I thought it was great, and I'm intrigued by it, man. Like, listen, I don't watch NXT on a, on a weekly basis. I, you know, I look at the lineup beforehand, and it's just one of those things where it's like, man, like, literally nothing interests me. None of these characters interest me. Uh, so, like... You know, I put Raw and SmackDown off of background noise, but, dude, I forget NXT's even on a Tuesday. So that's not even one of the things I put on as background noise. It's not even, like, a thought in my head. The Tuesday nights aren't even, like, NXT nights at all. It's it's yeah. sad. Um, but this segment I thought was really good, and I am intrigued between, you know, Ziggler, Ciampa, uh, Santos, and, yeah. and uh, you know, yeah. um, Braun, Breaker. I know Braun and Santos Escobar have the match uh, next week for, for the title. But then I'm interested to see if, like, you know, Ziggler and, and Ciampa, I thought that match one-on-one was going to get added for this week. I don't believe it has been. Um, but I would love to see that one-on-one match. And then, hey, Ziggler jumping into the title picture. Look, Ziggler is not doing anything of relevance on the main roster. I don't mind him being down in NXT. 
And like I said, the promo was amazing. The dude looked like a superstar. He stole the show. Um, the crowd, you know, you know, that cringy crowd, whatever. They were into him. I mean, listen, they're into everybody. I, guess, I love so that big really, legit on the crowd really... too. That was I got such a big pop. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He threw shots at them and everything. Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant, man. Dolph Ziggler is is and always has been the man. Okay, I was a huge. I mean, God, me too. Uh, 2013 when he won the world title, man. Me I too. I waited on his access line. My that was my first WrestleMania, WrestleMania 29. Then then the night after he cashed in on Raw, I waited on his access line for like close to like two hours to meet him, AJ Lee, and Big E. But I was mainly obviously there for Dolph Ziggler. I was a huge Dolph Ziggler guy back in the day, man. He has always been the freaking man. Always been a guy I... you could rely on. Just just an overall dude, amazing talent. Dude, I live my lifestyle like Ziggler. It's stealing, stealing the, show the show and your girl. And your girl? Oh, that, that's me. That's me. Okay? That's what I do. We, we that have, is what I do. We haven't I noticed. I live the Ziggler lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen, uh, I love Dolph, Dolph Ziggler. I think he's fucking awesome, man. And it's – I don't want to say it's a shame, but it's, you know what it is with Ziggler? While we know that he could be a main event, or we know that he deserves to be a multi-time world champion, but he's also contending. He's looking at like, hey, listen, I'm fucking getting paid, all right? So that's how he looks at it. But hey, kind of what, like you said, the dirty dogs ain't doing much on the main roster, so just let them fucking have fun in NXT, man. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, no problems with it, man. Like, I, I just, I mean, listen, it's like I said, it's intriguing stuff. He's only going to bring out the best in whoever he works with down there. So, um, yeah, man, like I said, and, and it kind of re- rejuvenated my love for Dolph Ziggler, so I'm all about it, man. I, I will go out of my way to watch NXT, well, you know, not the whole show, but I'll go watch whatever he's doing on there, if he's on there regularly, you know? We'll see what happens. I don't watch NXT. This is the first time I saw NXT, like, in about two, three weeks. I just think NXT is an unwatchable product. I just can't yeah. do it, but There's this is my interesting on there. But what, what did you think of the show itself? Like, overall, if you were to give it a number, 1 to 10, of what you saw? Well, what I saw that grabbed my attention, like the opening match, I thought that was a solid opener. And okay. then the Ziggler and segment, I thought that was great. The rest of the show was just, I just didn't care about it. So it's hard for me to give a number. Okay. No, no, but, but, but that's fair, though. That's fair, because, again, so what, what hyped you up was Ziggler, right? But yeah. just like just like what, what you were talking about before, with people just tuning into AEW just for the for um for the people debuting, right? But you still have to fill in those other two hours, right? So now we'll go in this place with Ziggler. Okay, that was it. What it was, but the rest of the show did it have any filler? That opening match, right? That was about it. The opening match was great, and then everything else was like mm, not so much for me. <laughs> Yeah. For me, I'm no, speaking, no, I, I just speaking, feel like no, nobody cares about the characters, man. Nobody cares about these these characters and these talents because they're so new, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But like, it's just no reason to care about them, you know? They're not emotionally invested with the people that they're that they're it watching. Feels very WWF New Generation era. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yes. You have all these hokey characters, like the. The dude that that's like an Italian mafia guy, like it's just oh, shit that yeah, I, I just don't. What's the chick now with the pillow and she's like her gimmicks of? Is, yeah, she's uh, sleeping. <laughs> uh, I think her uh, is it Wendy, Wendy Chu? Chu? Yeah, you know what? And here's the thing about that, like she's a really talented performer because I remember her see, seeing her in Ring of Honor. They just stuck this gimmick on her where it's like, it's kind of like that's not is that, that is that Karen 
Karen Q or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or? yeah that's her. It is Karen her. Q. Yeah. Okay. She was, okay, yeah, yeah, she was good. <laughs> She's good. It's just and and listen, I don't like the gimmick, but for whatever they're giving her, I mean, she's. I guess if whatever she's trying to do, she is nailing it, but it's just not for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, power to her. Yeah, I mean, w- yeah. what can you do? I mean, listen, if WWE gives you a stupid gimmick, right? And it's like, it's kind of like, yeah, not everybody's going to put their foot down and be like, no, I quit. Like, you listen, it's, it's a job. They, it, it, She's in WWE. She wants to get paid. She's getting money. Like, yeah, you got to make the best out of this shit that they give you sometimes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to – I don't – I have not seen much from her. I've just seen little clips here and there. So, I mean, like, I could see that if she's, like – really entertaining i mean i guess it's kind of funny but yeah. like long term it's like how could you like, take that serious you know like unless it's right. not supposed to be taken serious but i feel like from what i remember from her she was a pretty like serious talent like she was yeah, pretty solid yeah. and right. i'm pretty sure she wants to offer more to professional wrestling than just right. being a joke you know so yeah. uh, you know all right let's move on to other other things when it comes to the women's division WWE. so far the, the little bit that we've gotten what, what do you think of the charlotte ronda story that they're trying to sell uh for me I think the I th- you're working with Charlotte, so it's not going to be a bad match in Mania. But I think they're in a tough pickle, man, because I don't think either female is well liked from the crowd. Unless yeah. you're piping in the crowd noise that they're doing in all the fucking shows, you know, man, it, it it's rough. It's rough. Like I, I just don't want because I expect this to be a good match, you know, because you're, you're you're having a match with Charlotte, but. I just don't want it to be like kind of WrestleMania 34. And what I mean by that is that main event was Brock and Roman. Okay. And they didn't put on a bad match, but guess what? The crowd didn't give a shit about it. So they didn't give the match a chance. They just didn't care. And that's WWE's fault. It's not the fan base fault. It's the WWE's fault because you gave a match and nobody wanted to watch. I think we might have the same issue here unless they tell a great story. And right now, I don't think they're doing much to tell a great story. Now, we still have, like, about a month and some change left till we get to Mania. But it's looking very rocky right now. Yeah, the story's definitely not clicking. Um, You're right, man. Like, people hate Charlotte Flair and people hate (laughs) Ronda Rousey. So, I don't really know where this is going to go. I told you off air last week. I think we mentioned it when we got off of air because we didn't mention it on the actual show. Um... I'm fine with this match. I really am. I know a lot of people wanted Becky and Ronda. That's going to happen eventually, whether it happens at SummerSlam or whether it happens next year in Hollywood. It's going to happen eventually. I don't mind Charlotte and Ronda. I think they had a really fun match, Survivor Series 2018. Oh, 2018. Uh, 2018. Go back and watch it if you don't remember it. It was really fun. I I I think Ronda, Ronda got busted open. It was a really fun match. Now... I think these two are going to kill it in the main event of night one of Mania. I really do. I, I, I think Charlotte is going to carry Ronda to a great match. Ronda's going to look good. Um, it's going to be a, a lot better match than Becky and Ronda. Becky and Ronda would have told a better story. But the match itself, I don't know if Becky could get a good match out of Ronda like Charlotte can. No disrespect to Becky. I love Becky. Mm-hmm. But Charlotte is the, is the more superior wrestler. Superior. I mean, she's just yes. overall yes. better in every, every aspect. Yes. So I think the match is going to be great. Yeah, the story... Obviously, is just not that. I agree with you. I think this has WrestleMania 34 written all over it, where people are just going to boycott and chant shit and bring beach oh. balls and just not care. Um, I agree with you 100 percent because Ronda's not that babyface that people are going to 
get behind. She doesn't have a great attitude to begin with, okay? There's been reports, obviously, that she was miserable coming back. She hates the fans because they turned on her this and that. WWE had to have a talk with her about how you can't just yeah. come out there mean mugging. Like, you need to, like, put a smile yeah. on and shake hands with people. And, you know, it's just not how this works, blah, blah, blah. Which, I mean, for a professional wrestling fan like her, I mean, a performer like her, how does she not realize that? I mean, and come on, fans turning on her, who gives a shit? Can you really be that sensitive? Anyways, that, mean, those are my problems I have with Ronda Rousey. But, yeah, I mean, listen, like, this is just, this has disaster written all over it. Like I said, they are going to have a great match. Um, but I don't know if people are really going to remember it because it's just going to be taken over by the crowd. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of nervous for both of them. Let me tell you. It should be entertaining, though. I'm looking forward to it, seeing how it all unfolds. Even if it's a disaster, it'll still be entertaining. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, people are going to watch just to see how, what, how like, the, the train wreck that it is. And, again, I feel weird calling it a train wreck because it's not going to be. The match is going to be good. But I think just the whole, the, every, like, the whole atmosphere and environment. I expect full-blown CM Punk chants. We want Becky, yep. AEW. Hey, yeah. hopefully we get some, some marks to start a GCW chant. I would love to hear that on WWE television. Dude, I expect a full-blown takeover from this crowd if they don't do something or call even an audible with this Charlotte and Ronda story, which goes to my next point. So on SmackDown, right, they had me in that Naomi-Charlotte match. I thought that match was fucking phenomenal. There were so many false finishes. I'm like, yo, are they going to really give this shit to Naomi? Yeah. And I think Naomi deserves a t- uh, some type of championship whether it's on raw or smackdown she needs it because that's to me that's a female that i feel like is very underutilized i think she's amazing and i think she deserves a, a title run at some point she does yeah she's very underrated man i, I mean i thought that way for a while now but she, you know, she's had to run with the smackdown women's title right. a couple of years back uh she won it at wrestlemania 33 which was cool um yeah super underrated uh i there was listen the near falls were you know they they were you know, I, I could see why they got you, but I in my head I'm like, there's no way they're gonna do they're gonna put the belt on her and have Naomi right. versus Ronda Rousey. Like you just know it's never gonna happen. The match was really good though. That's why yeah. I started thinking like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I had it again. Background noise. I had it on. I was getting ready to go out. I had it on. It was like nine forty five, nine fifty ish, whatever. And like, yeah, I started really getting into it like towards the end because yeah, like mm-hmm. it was just it was really good. Um, and now we got this tag match happening in um, in Saudi Arabia at the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I guess to give Ronda some reps and you know see how her and Charlotte, you know, just give them a little bit of uh, you know a test run before you know Mania or whatever. Um, but yeah, Naomi deserves a lot more. I think we could all agree on that. And uh, yeah. Besides this match, do you want to know what was one of my biggest highlights of SmackDown or whatever? And I and I didn't watch like you know focus so much on SmackDown like watch it like through and through like I was on my phone and was doing some other things. I just got back from work, but I did get to watch the Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman backstage segment. And I thought, well, don't get me wrong, Roman's always great. Roman's always great on the mic. Everything he says, it's great stuff. But man, Paul Heyman is just that dude's a fucking legend, bro. This guy. Yeah. The littlest things he does, it's just like, fuck, man. This guy's just next level. His facial expressions alone in that backstage segment just mm-hmm. did it for me. Just his facial yeah, yeah. expressions alone. He's so good, man. He's so good. Dude, he, he just knows exactly, like, that he's in he's in the, you know, the view of the camera. He just knows, like I said, at the right timing of, to do things. I mean, he's got a lot of experience, Paul Heyman, obviously. And he's just, yeah, he adds a lot. 
uh, his presence just adds a lot every single time, whether it's a backstage segment or an mm-hmm. in-ring segment, or, you know, when he's at ringside, you know, just every, like every, everything he does is perfect. And I think it goes unnoticed sometimes, um, you know, how good he really is and how good his acting is. So, yeah, I, when you, you posted the clip on the Lucha Outsiders Instagram, but I, and then that's, that's what maybe you go back to watch this segment. Cause I didn't watch SmackDown leading up to that. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, Paul Heyman is just fantastic. And he just shows why, you know, I'm glad they put him with Roman because, you know, yeah, while Brock has been appearing more frequently as of late, it's mm-hmm. like when Brock wasn't on television, it's like, well, you know, Heyman can't be on television. Right. So mm-hmm. I love that they threw him with uh, Roman Reigns so that he could still be featured on television every single week because the guy is too good not to be, you know, he, he's just, you know, AJ Styles might have a different opinion of uh, right. how Paul Heyman is and all that stuff. And like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what goes on backstage or whatever, but in terms of like an on-screen character, he is yeah. perfection. And I feel like also AJ Styles opinions on Paul Heyman is, has been opinions that's been said by other wrestlers, especially like the ECW originals as well. Yeah, I know. I know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you really often wonder how good of a guy right. he really is. Right. Um, but, but in terms of like on screen, you know, yeah, on right. screen, he's just, you know, yeah. Right, I want to talk one last thing before we kind of give some quick like chamber predictions that's going to happen next week. But I want to talk about Chad Gable. I see this guy and I'm like, man, when this guy turns on Otis, give me full blown Kurt Angle push. The, this guy's so good, man. Um, yeah. Regardless on how cheesy these segments have been or whatever, but. Yo, this guy has really found his own. He's found a character. He's comedic timing and just him on the mic, man. I'm like, fuck Otis. I don't want to see Otis anymore. I just want to see Chad Gable. Give him a full-blown singles run for like a mid-card title, and then hopefully he can continue elevating. Because I, when I look at Chad Gable, I see the next Kurt Angle. Yeah, dude, it's super good, man. I just don't see him ever really becoming um, a thing, a big thing, and getting – a singles run, uh, you know, I, I, as much as everybody can clamor for it, I just don't see, I don't think WWE sees what we see in him. Um, he's been doing some great work with Randy Orton mm-hmm. and, and Riddle, obviously more so with Randy Orton, his matches with Orton have been great. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been killing it on the mic too. Um, I just feel like he has just really come into his own with this, uh, storyline with RK bro. And he's really showing what he could offer. Um, if he's given an opportunity, I mean, he was always great, you know, American alpha, uh, just dude, the dude was super freaking talented all the time. Um, yeah, he, if there's any modern Kurt Angle out there, it's definitely Chad Gable. But fortunately, I don't know, man. I just don't feel like he is ever, like I said, after this whole program with RK Bro is over, who knows if they lose the tag titles. I, I just feel like um, he's just going to be irrelevant just somewhere down the line again. Uh, I just feel like he's never going to get the opportunity he truly deserves. It's a shame, man, because I'm telling you, he gives me a lot of Kurt Angle vibes, especially now on the mic. He's been very, he he's he's found his niche, like he's he's got it, man. I think you could do a lot with him, but he's yeah. up to be for you, so it's not shocking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, dude, let's let's wrap up, man. Let's just talk some quick uh, chamber predictions. And the reason why we're doing this is because next week there will be no show. I oh, will be just when I came TV. back. What do you mean there'll be no show? <laughs> Listen, you've been missing the last like two, three shows, all right? So you have yeah. no say in this. I have okay. <laughs> do I do I ever have a say in anything? <laughs> I just show up. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So let, let's, you know, we got the, the Chamber of Elimination happening from Saudi Arabia next Saturday. There's Yay. also an Impact paper, uh, pay-per-view also happening next week. I think it's uh, No Surrender or some shit like that, but um, we'll get to that at some point. But there's some uh, quick predictions. I'm not going to go through the whole card. Let's start with Roman Reigns defending that WWE Universal Championship against, that's right, the King of Saudi Arabia, Goldberg. The mayor of Saudi Arabia at this point. Oh, guy. Uh, I really don't listen, care. I don't care. I, Roman's winning it. Uh, there's yeah. no way Goldberg. There's no There's no chance in hell Goldberg's taking this. No way. No, no. I, I think, you know, we in the past, everybody has said there's no way Goldberg's winning and he does end up winning. But this time, I really feel like there's no way Goldberg's winning this match. There's no way. No chance in hell. No way. No way. The Usos defending their tag team titles against the Viking Raiders. There's no way the Usos are dropping this either, especially not to no, the Viking No, but l- let me tell you, this is this is a fresh matchup. This is this it's is fresh. something that I don't mind. I really don't. Like, I don't know why they just – like, listen, the Usos have nobody to feud with besides the New Day, but, like, yo, you got the Viking Raiders there, like, a hell of a tag team. So, like, I'm kind of, like, intrigued. Like, this is a good matchup. I, this should be really fun. The match should be good, but for me – they haven't given me a reason to give a shit. Yeah, about right. It. Of course, of course not. Of course. The match should be great. They they're great yeah. workers, and I'm looking. And I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine too, and I'm looking at the Viking Raiders. I'm like, man, do you remember War Machine back in Ring of Honor, New Japan? Mm-hmm. You remember them in NXT? And now I look at them, and I'm like, they're still great in the ring, but they're just corny, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's I mean, that's the you, WWE caught them. You know, you, you know why they're corny? WWE didn't catch him. McMahon caught him. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, it's terrible, bro. Like, you know, yo, in NXT, they were still being themselves. Like, yeah, they changed their name to, what was it? Uh, it wasn't uh, War Machine. It was uh, War Raiders, right? Which is fine. I didn't yeah. care. I didn't care. But they were still War Machine. It was still the same guys that we saw in Ring of Honor. Still the same guys we saw in Japan. Yeah. And they call get called up. And I feel like, with the whole Viking experience, name change, and then the name changing their names, and it's just, like Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's it is been, what it is, unfortunately. But, it's uh, been an experience. So we'll see. But, listen, the, the the match will be fun, though. The match will yeah, be fun, yeah. and I do agree with you. It'll be fresh. It's just they they have for me. They haven't given the given me a reason to give a shit about the Viking Raiders, but whatever. We'll see what happens. All right, we got the um, the women's elimination chamber match, and the winner of this match will challenge for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania 38. So we have Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Ash, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, and to be announced. Now, who's the TBA? I'm gonna say it's Bailey. It has to be. Yeah, I was thinking either Oscar or Bailey. Oh, not even think of Oscar. Oscar would be a good yeah. call too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be one of them. Um, this match should be okay. You know, I, I hope they have a good match. I hope they kill it. I don't see anybody besides Bianca Belair winning this, um, which that's fine. I have no problem with. But uh, yeah, I, I hope I hope they kill it in there, man. Okay. If it's Bailey, do you see Bailey winning it? Yeah, it's a possibility. It's it's definitely a possibility. But like the thing with Bailey's, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter nowadays, right? It really doesn't matter. Um, but this is a raw elimination chamber, and she's on SmackDown. Hey man, it doesn't listen. I don't think we it got matters. Big, we got Big E going to SmackDown reunite yeah. with the New Day again. So come on. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, listen, if Bailey if Bailey is the one, 
Yeah, I, and listen, I would love that too. I think that's a fresh matchup. Um, Bailey and Becky would be a great match at, at fucking yeah. WrestleMania. And you know, you talk about like the crowd wanting to cheer for Becky so much. If it's Bailey, I see Bailey getting cheered against Becky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I, I could totally see that, and I would love that. I, you know, right now my money's on Bianca Belair, but um, you know, I guess that's always a possibility, and I'd be all for it. So. Speaking of Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch uh, defending her championship against Lita. You know, this is a match to me. Well, I'm not I'm not hating on this match. I think this match is going to be cool. But the fact that's happening in Saudi Arabia and not like at a bigger pay-per-view, like yeah. out here in the States, Don't like see. like a Mania or a, a SummerSlam somewhere down the line, it's just like. <sighs> yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I, I feel like, yeah, this match deserved to be you know, at WrestleMania or deserve, like I said, a SummerSlam or something like that. Yeah, I totally 100% agree. It, it just kind of ruins it when you throw these big matchups at Saudi Arabia. I mean, they, hey, they stack these Saudi Arabia cards, man. I wish half these matches that take, took place over there happened over yeah. here in the States. It's just, yeah. uh, you know, they're paying big money for these events and WWE stacks the card and this is what they give them. And of course, you know, now they're talking about how WWE is influencing the world where they have, they're all on uh, posters and billboards and Lita and Becky and all the women are on there and oh my God, they're they're changing the stigma over there in Saudi Arabia. Oh my God, they're they're changing. They're the not changing shit. Yeah, exactly. So, and if you, yeah. if you believe they're changing anything over there, go look at the World Cup. I'm pretty sure the World Cup has more pull than any of the other shit. So right now, you can't have the biggest mafia in the world that is FIFA, that they cannot mm-hmm. sell liquor out there, where they went to Brazil and basically changed their laws for the month that they were there. So when the WWE tries to sell that, that they're they're changing the stigma and they're helping women, they're not helping shit. What they're actually doing is adding to that because once those guys run out of money, they don't have shit. That's why they're doing this whole lavish and, and vacation and everything. If they don't have money, then they can't be beating on women. Simple as that because they, they're going to have to move. They're going to have to get divorced. They can't keep the lifestyle. Again, that's what I feel. Go ahead, Mario. Sonny, it's funny you mentioned FIFA because I, I, after we talk about this next match, I, I have a, a question for you that's kind of soccer related, but that, it has that's to what I'm here for. Stuff. That's what I'm here. All for right, soccer. Stuff. All right, uh, th- th- this has to be the main <laughs> event. You have Bobby Lashley defending the WWE World Championship against Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, and Austin Theory in an Elimination Chamber match. So. Brock, right? I guess Brock is taking it, but uh, so listen, I, I can make an argument for every guy here except Austin Theory. I feel like any of these guys could win it. As long as Austin, Th- it ain't Austin Theory, I'm kind of happy with it. And that's me being honest. You know, if Bobby Lashley retains, I'll be cool with that. If Brock Lesnar gain, gains it back, I'll be kind of okay with that too. If Seth, AJ, or Matt Riddle wins it, I'll be ecstatic and I'll be so fucking pumped up. If Austin Theory wins it, I might throw a brick at my TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bad. man, I don't know. This this is interesting because it's like they obviously could go one or two directions, but I have a feeling they're leaning towards one specific direction. And uh, that's with Brock Lesnar winning the championship and having the title versus title be a thing at WrestleMania. Um, I- yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not that, but I guess it is what it is. Um, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's no way he doesn't. Is, is there a way where Brock 
somehow gets taken out in the chamber. And I don't mean by like a gang elimination, which 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 technically they could do that too and it'll be kind of believable. But like let's say maybe Roman gets involved again. I, is there any way we could see this? People were saying that like if Roman gets into the chamber somehow. Yeah, it's a possibility. Like you remember you remember Shawn Michaels, right? Remember back in WrestleMania 25 if I'm not mistaken. Remember yes. the sh- reason yeah. no, not 25, 26. No, no, I mean, not 25. Yeah, yeah. 26. Remember, the reason we got the rematch at Mania was because Sean got obsessed that he wanted this rematch, right, from their historic match the the year before, and Taker didn't want to give it to him. Yeah. So then what Michaels ended up doing is he ended up sneaking into the chamber and he cost Taker the world title. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's always a possibility. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, yeah, that would be the Brian, that would be the only like, right? Like, right? Why are you sound so stressed out, bro? I don't know. This shit got me stressed, bro. Uh, listen, it, I don't know, man, because it just sucks. Like, it's like title versus title. I understand that they could do that because the women's match is going to main event the first night. I think we all know that. And then the title versus title main event the second night. But man, I just I, I need. I kind of need two world title matches, man. Like, it looks like we're getting Seth versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania again, which is, I mean, all right. But, like, you know they're going to have a great match. But Seth and Kevin Owens, especially Seth Rollins, they deserve to be doing a lot more at WrestleMania. And they deserve to be the title picture. Also, where does Bobby Lashley go at WrestleMania then? You just take him out of the picture. And it's just kind of like, man, book Seth versus Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley. A triple threat at WrestleMania for the WWE title. Like, I just feel like it doesn't need to be title versus title, Roman and Brock. And then what do you do with the title versus title? The only way I'm for a title versus title is if you're going to get rid of the brand split and you're going to merge the titles, but I don't really see them doing that. So if they do that, then that's totally fine. If the end goal is to have one world champion, which, I mean, listen, at, at this stage in the game, with WWE's roster being so thin and probably only going to keep getting thinner with the amount of releases that they, they, they go through, you don't need two world champions. You don't need a brand split. You just need one world champion. You can get away with that. Uh, are they going to get rid of the universal belt if it, after everything that Roman Reigns did with this universal belt to, to make it relevant to be a top title? Are they just going to get rid of it? I don't see that happening. So if that's not happening, you don't need it to be title versus title. But I have a feeling that's the way Vince is leaning towards. I really, I really do. I, I just don't see how, like I said, unless Roman gets into that chamber, no way anybody is beating him. And even there's no way any everybody's ganging up on him to pin him. There's just, there's no way they're doing that. If Bobby Lashley retains, I could see somehow Seth and KO being involved in, in, in a Bobby program going into Mania. I could, I, I could so. definitely mm-hmm. see that. If, yo, what if they go with like Matt Riddle and we see Randy and Riddle at Mania for the world title? All for it, all for it. I mean, listen, that was the rumor, right? That Riddle was going to win the win the Rumble, and then maybe Orton was going to win the the title in the Chamber or something like that. I mean, that was the the rumored plan, I guess. Listen, I would love that. I would love that. I'm not even convinced, though, at this point, at this at this point right now, I'm not even convinced we're getting Randy Orton and Riddle one on one at Mania. I don't know that they just haven't shown no signs of no signs of really breaking up. Right. Um, right. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, actually, you know, I'll backtrack a little bit. I don't know if you, you caught the backstage segment that they had um, together where Riddle was basically telling Orton, like, you know, yeah, like we want to get our tag titles back. And yeah. Orton was like, no, but you're like in the chamber. You got bigger things to worry about. 
Mm-hmm. And then Riddle said something to Orton. I forget what it was. It made Orton like kind of like like be like like this a little bit. And then when Riddle walked away, Orton was just like, you know, like just standing there. So like maybe they teased it a little bit, but I don't know. I'm not convinced that we're getting that one on one. Like I just I feel like we would have seen a little bit more of a tease of them breaking up at this point. We really haven't. And I think it's safe to say that we're getting AJ and Edge at Mania, right? I don't I know. Think if, so. I don't know if it's safe to say, but I mean, I, I, I know there's been talks of that, or as far as I know from what I've been reading. Any chance AJ wins the chamber, baby? Oh man, in a, in a perfect world, yeah, but we don't live in a perfect world. You know, you you mentioned you mentioned the whole uh, Rollins and and Ko somehow getting involved in the world title picture. How? I mean, they they did do a four way at. Uh, at whatchamacallit, yeah, day one, at, yeah. uh, at day one, but you know, it wouldn't be out of the question. It's WWE, they I wouldn't be out of the question. They make it a four way and mania because if you haven't noticed, they're really bumping up AJ recently. Like, this guy beat Damian Priest clean on Monday, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he did, yeah. I mean, listen, it's either, yeah, I mean, either at mania, I, I feel like it's got to be either Edge or the world title picture. If again Brock Lesnar doesn't win the world title, because if not, I don't know what you do with AJ at Mania. I really don't. I, I don't know what you do half. That's the problem with title versus title. I don't know what you do half these guys. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. What do you do with them if they're not in a world title picture or if they're not in a high profile match with somebody like Edge? You know, again, you could do Seth and Kevin Owens again. Okay, yeah, they 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 fought at Mania in front of nobody. Okay, they killed it. Yeah, okay, they'll kill it again. But again, after everything they've done, these two guys, I mean, Kevin Owens resigned for Christ's sake. Seth Rollins has been doing the, some of the best work of his entire career. Why throw them in a pointless one-on-one match? We had that last year with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens faced Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins faced Cesaro in singles matches that didn't mean anything. Why, I, why do that again this year? Why? You, you know, know the, just us just kind of fantasy booking now. Now we just went through a completely different topic, but you know, Man, a four-way between Lashley defending the title against like Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and AJ, bro. That <laughs> Take my like, money, bro. Yeah, bro, that sounds, You know how many spots are going to be in that match, bro? <laughs> it would be amazing, dude. It would be amazing. Imagine that opening up Mania one of the nights, <laughs> night one or night two. Oh. oh my goodness, man! Just unbelievable. That would be so good. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't even know. It, it's I, I'm kind of leaning towards like Lashley or Brock, but. I don't even know, man. And then, and then it's like you have the, the why is he even in this match? Austin Theory, like why is he in this match? Why? Yeah, I'm surprised Randy Orton's not in that spot. You or know? Kevin Owens. What if he's a yeah. decoy for Orton to be in the match? Yes, I was thinking that. Well, the way <clears throat> I wasn't even thinking about Orton uh, to get into the match. The way they're teasing Kevin Owens getting into the match. Oh, you know, like Kevin... he pulls like an edge. He pulls an edge like with Kobe. Yeah. I oh. Owens beat Owens beat hey, Owens beat uh, Theory this past week on, on yeah. Raw, and then the backstage segment he went on and on and on to Sonya and Adam Pierce about how like Texas and WrestleMania needs him uh, at WrestleMania. So yeah, I would not be shocked if he takes out Austin Theory. I would not be at all. Listen, Austin Theory has potential, so I don't want to discredit the guy. Yeah, but, but nobody but he's gives not a the... shit about him. Exactly. Nobody gives a fuck about Austin Theory. No right. one. Why is he on my TV? Why is he doing these type of events? I do not give a shit about Austin Theory. And I feel like I'm not the only one. I feel like 90% of the people that are watching the product really don't give a shit about Austin Theory. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's been booked terribly. Um, Yeah, he has some few losses here and there, but he also has some pretty big wins. And, you know, 
the backstage segment segments with Vince have been, you know, what, what they, you know, whatever um, Vince, whether he's just high on him, you know, on screen or he's really high on him, you know, you know, outside of, uh, you know, off screen, I think he could be a big deal. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't feel like he fits with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the current crop of talent that's in this match. And again, no disrespect to him, but I just right. feel like an Orton or an Owens really would have like made sense suitable in this spot. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't think it's out of the question. I think more so for Kevin Owens to take out Austin Theory rather than Randy Orton. I guess I, anything I, can happen. But... At this point, I don't care who takes out Austin Theory. I just don't yeah, want yeah, to see right? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> All right. Hi, Leo. I got this. Um, I, I might have asked you this before in the past. Uh-huh. Maybe. I just don't remember. Dale. So, uh, the NYC and New Jersey yeah. Rebels, they're still a thing, right? Yeah, they're still a thing. They're still around. Okay. You're a soccer guy, so I have to ask you this question. How come, Yeah. now that AEW is a thing now, but but yeah. before, in the past, right? Why isn't, why hasn't WWE tried to run the Red Bull Stadium for like a major show? Because that, that's, I feel like it's very easy to get to. There's, there's trains, it's, it's yeah. right there. And I feel like they could, you know, and I, even AEW at this point, but like, I feel like you could run a major wrestling show at that stadium. Like in the summer, how come there hasn't been such a thing? Is there a reason behind it? Maybe well, you know. Yeah. So this is what happens in the in the summer, right? Uh, that's when soccer is around. So most likely they'll they'll make more money by renting it for a soccer stadium, like a like a game, right? Um, but what happens is this: WWE is at a level that if they run the Red Bull Arena, it's a step down for them. Why? Because you already did MetLife. Like, when you go out and do a stadium, like, you know, an outdoor stadium, you can't go from MetLife, which holds 60,000 people, to Red Bull that does 30,000 people or 16,000 or 22, whatever. AEW has more of a chance of doing that. But I think if they're coming to the area, they you also got to know promoters have their go-to spots. If they're in the northern New York area, where does AEW go? The Prudential Center. They go to Long Island. They go up to, to Rochester. Like, they have their, their preferred spots. Why? Because when you go to a new place, it's also percentages that change. How much they charge you. What you work out with them. Sometimes you sign a contract and say, okay, you know what? Over the next five years, we're going to run 13 shows from here. That's where they get a cheaper rate. You don't think if AEW, well, okay, well, that's a different conversation. AEW is the closest one. To actually run in that Red Bull arena. If AEW is to run the Red Bull Stadium, you think they'll sell it out? Of course. Of course. But but you also got to remember with with these shows, right? The last thing that can happen is for it to rain. Because then people are not going to have themselves. So why would you have, why would you run an arena just to run an arena when literally four blocks from it is the Prudential Center? Yeah, that makes sense. You know, And, and, and the same thing goes all over. Right, that's why mm-hmm. with a lot of these live shows, yeah, it's beautiful to have it outside, but if it rains, you're fucked. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Nah, so that's why sense. with San Fran, they got lucky. With Dallas, you know, a couple other times they've gotten lucky, but there's been times where you, you had people. Because ba- remember, these are public companies. At the end of the day, AEW, WWE. So perception is reality. If they run these shows and it snows, oh, I put it to you this way: Super Bowl Sunday today, right? You guys remember when the Super Bowl was held here at MetLife? 
Yeah, it was oh, yeah. one of the worst. It was one of the worst Super Bowl games of all time. Yeah, okay. game. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> it, it was one of the worst games. But do you guys remember what happened the Monday after? Uh, what? What happened? We had the only blizzard up here in in the New York oh, area. That's right. Yeah. We had yeah, we had about right. like six feet of snow and shit. Right? Yeah. That's right. Now imagine if the wind would have gone a little bit faster, and that snow would have gotten here. Super Bowl, like the day, it would have ruined the whole spectacle. It would have ruined the whole thing, and that's what they were afraid of when they were putting the Super Bowl together. That's why you have to be afraid of things like that when you put an outdoor event. You know, now yeah. that's what I'm saying. Five blocks away, four blocks away is the Prudential Center. Mm-hmm. You know, where I think, I think, just off the top of my head, I think they're comparable in how many people you could fit in there. So that's that's why they don't run the Red Bull Arena. That makes a lot of sense. So okay. uh, you mentioned the Super Bowl real quick. Uh, who's taking it tonight, Ryan? What's your thoughts? Do you even care? No, yeah, I, I care. I'm gonna watch it. I'm excited. Game should be good. Two new mm-hmm. teams, which I'm excited yep. about. I'm going. I'm going with the Bengals. Um, man, I'm I'm all in on Cincy. Uh, I you know I don't I don't really care either way though because I think you know, both teams deserve it. I like both. I like players on both teams. Um, but yeah, I think you know all in on the Bengals. I. I don't have no dog in the fight either. I expect it to be a good game. I'm very excited for the halftime show. And as a Baltimore Raiders fan, you might be shocked, but I'm also going with the Bengals. I just, (laughs) yeah, I think, you know, good for them. And you know what really like solidify, like, you know what? I'm rocking with the Bengals. It's a wrestling story. Mm -hmm. So Carl Anderson's wife went on live and recorded like the final like seconds of the field goal when the, the Bengals before they won the game. Yeah. yeah. And just watching Carl Anderson, just losing his mind and like, just like there's so much tension. He's like just walking back and forth pacing or whatever. And when they finally win, they, they hit the field goal. He loses his mind. He just starts running in the backyard, just yelling and screaming. I'm like, kind of want to watch the Bengals Man. win. So I have to watch that yeah. live video. I'm like, yo, good for Carl. I kind of want to see the Bengals win. So I don't think they've ever won the a Super Bowl either. Yeah, I'm kind of so, going with the bang. I'm going. I'm going yeah. for the Bengals. Like I said, I have no dog in the fight. Yeah, if yeah, LA me Rams neither. Take it. If yeah. LA Rams, you know, good for them too. But um, I'm leaning towards the Bengals. Okay, Maybe I think that's the most popular choice. I watch football. I watch. I'm actually schooling my son for over the last two months about basketball. Just saying, the '90s basketball is a hundred times better than whatever the hell we watch nowadays. But anyway, yeah. no, uh, I'm going with Cincinnati. But one of the things that I actually did see, which blew my mind. Going into the season, and I had to look it up. Going into the season, the Bengals were plus 6,600 in the bets to win the Super Bowl. So if somebody bet a dollar on Cincinnati at the beginning of the season for them to to win the Super Bowl and they win, they're going to have $6,000 in their pockets. <laughs> the, these, are the big, these are the biggest odds going into the season. Forget about what happened during the season. I'm right. talking about at the you know looking at the last twenty years of Super Bowls, this is the most lopsided that it's ever been with a team coming in at sixty six hundred, but for them to win it, uh, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. They have a story again. It's just like wrestling. You you look at the story because at the end of the day, that's what life is. Whatever team has the better story, that's the ones that are gonna go into again. Cincinnati, they they always had that team that just couldn't put it through. They were able to get this quarterback, this kid. I've actually been following him through college. Yeah, I watch college football too, Mario. Uh, LSU, <laughs> you know, the whole thing, how how he embraced that city. And, and at the end of the day, with any sports, just like with any wrestling or anything like that, 
You need to have that camaraderie. You need to have that. You know what? Tony Khan is going to say, guys, trust me. It's us against the world, and we're going to take this motherfucker down that's been in business for 60 years and has treated you guys wrong. I believe Tony Khan. So I believe Burrow, and I, that's why I think Cincinnati is going to win. And, and also don't forget, Burrow tore his ACL last year. He was out for the year. Comes back this year. Yes. Goes to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just an incredible story in itself. And, yeah. and, and that's what it is. It's, it, it's that. Comeback story. And again, yeah. notice how every sport takes from wrestling, right? What, everything is wrestling. What does everything bo- is wrestling. But, but, but what, what does boxing do? What does boxing do? Boxing started with two guys just punching themselves and people wanted to see it. Okay, here comes Muhammad Ali who grew up watching wrestling, starts doing this whole thing. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to kill you. What does Mayweather do? Mayweather, watch wrestling. He brings that into here. Then now you have UFC. What do the fighters do? What's his name? Sonnen. He grew up watching wrestling. What does he do? He's the, the guy that wants to get punched in the face. But you watch it because of that. That's what football is. That's all it is. It's a storyline. Now, granted, they don't have control of most of those storylines, but it's again, the, the, is that video package that sells it. They never did video packages back in the day about football. They just kind of talked about whoever was going to play. Now it's like two men walking into a field. Like that's from, <laughs> that's from wrestling. Like that's a promo. <laughs> so yeah, Cincinnati, I think is going to win. <laughs> All right, there you go, Ryan. Give me your plugs and. All right, at Lucha Outsiders, you know where to follow that on Twitter and uh, the Wrestling Radar on YouTube if you'd like to subscribe to that. Not much content up there, but I mean, we do have a lot of content from the past. Nothing new as of now to report, but, uh, you know, always appreciate those subscribers. So, Leo? LosRadio.com. Coming That's soon. It. Los Radio TV. That's it, huh? <gasps> I said too much. <laughs> We got it. We got it. Yeah, LosRadio.com. Follow me. All right, quick reminder. Next week, there will be no show. We'll be back in two weeks. No show. Most likely, I'll be in studio. We'll see what happens there. You can find you can find me at RatedR since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure you download subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy. Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, LaMesLab, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is... It. I kind of scared you guys with my football knowledge, right? No. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good. I'm not just a soccer guy. Every, listen, everything is wrestling, man. Everything is wrestling. The what? Everything is wrestling. Yeah. It is. That's I mean, how, yeah, it's, that's so, how it's you so sell. true, though. Like, that's how you sell it. Like, like social media. It's wrestling. Social media mm. is just a persona of ourselves. Every, you know, with everything is wrestling. Also reminds me of the other thing that's like uh, another saying that's like wrestling related. Like life's just the work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Life is just the work. But dude, <laughs> and, and, Ma- and Mario knows this. All the people that I'm working with, that's what I tell them. Like I tell them, dude. Th- like it's it's not like you get up and you want to talk to people. No, you get up and then you come into work. You turn on the mic, and now you it's a persona of yourself. I'm not happy 24-7. <laughs> That's the fucking truth. But if anybody's happy 24-7, that, you got some problems. That's true. Yeah, so. I can't deal with someone being too fucking happy. It's like, get your fucking happy ass away from me. 
Yeah, at some points, like, it's a little too fake, you know? That everybody goes through shit. Nobody's happy 24-7. No, you, you, you can't be that happy yeah. all the time. Like, you're like, like why are you so fucking happy for it? So, so, okay, so r- real quick, football, is it going to be a lot of points or just tight? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Defenses are good, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go high-scoring. Okay, go, Mario. All right, for the old man Leo that has made his return. Yeah! For our double Ryan Radar, I am yours truly. Mr. Radar, until next time, keep Radar and stay between.